My name is Morgan Sorensen. I'm a graphic designer and illustrator from Boise, Idaho, working in the realm of brutalist dark art. And my name is Nadia Colburn. I'm a poet, essay and memoir writer. I'm the author of the book, The High Shelf, and my second book, I Say the Sky, is forthcoming. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I'm the founder of Align Your Story Writing School, where I teach mindful embodied writing and writing as a form of personal and social transformation. I'm a coach and healer and mother and activist and much more. And I was excited to write a piece about freedom for forecast. And we'll be talking today about that piece, no and yes. First, I'll say that I had a vague idea of what I wanted to write about, but I like to really have writing be a process of discovery. So I set aside a few days where I could work on the piece on my calendar and wanted to see what would what would appear. And it just happened that that was the week that Russia invaded Ukraine. So as I was thinking and writing about Ukraine in the news were all these stories about what was happening there on the other side of the world. And, and that week I went to a poetry reading that was quickly put together um, by poets in the in Ukraine and they were talking and there were bombs falling outside and we really didn't know what was going to happen. Was this going to be a short invasion or was it going to lead to World War III? And it, it really made me aware that we're always living with a lot of uncertainty and wherever we are, there are people who don't have whatever freedoms we at the moment might have. Um, whether that is freedom to, you know, see with our eyes or freedom to move about freely or whatever it is. Um, Other people in other places have restrictions. So I started to think again about the relationship between freedom and restriction. And I realized that a lot of my own relationship to freedom was in contrast to what freedom is not. Freedom is not being this, not being that. And that part of that relationship to freedom also came from my own story, from my own past in which I had trauma in my past and then my psychological coping mechanism was to protect myself from that trauma. It is not this, right? And so there was a lot of protective measures, a lot of negating, a lot of um, almost like defensive moves. And in those defensive moves, then it is the kind of perpetrator who gets to define what freedom is or what freedom is not. And I started to think about, well, how can we imagine, how can I imagine freedom as a yes, not as a no? And I did what I often do, which is I looked back at what I had read because so much I find of our imagination comes from the stories that we have taken into ourselves as part of our consciousness. I was recently at a family event, and there's a little three-year-old boy there, and I hadn't seen him since uh, 
Thanksgiving, so several months had gone by since I had seen him, and he was talking so much more, and his talking took the form of mimicking. So someone would say something and laugh at the family gathering, and then the little three-year-old would say the same thing and laugh, and it was really just charming to see, but also really instructive because it reminded me, yes, whenever we are using language, which is the tool of consciousness, we are in part mimicking old structures. That's just what we do as humans. And then how do we find our way into new structures? So I was trying to do that in my piece, looking at poems that had talked about freedom in some way or explored what freedom might or might not be from Emily Dickinson to Keats to Auden um, and then really imagining ways that those poems shaped my imagination and ways that I could move into more liberated thinking. And what I want to express in the piece is a possibility of, yes, a possibility of a freedom that is within us wherever we go that's not only in opposition to the lack of freedom and to a possibility of multiplicity The subject matter in my work is usually birds in flight or humans struggling. These humans are usually dealing with this weight of existence and burden, as we all know, as we all have those burdens being human. Um, While birds are the opposite, they're a symbol of escape and freedom. Um, Birds really represent the soul, in my mind, anyway. Uh, In this case, it's a stylized form of a bird, but it needs the line over top to reveal it as a skeletal bird. In a way, it's a little like a screen printer laying down solid shapes and ink on initial passes. Then in the last pass, the lines are screened over top the entire form to reveal the subject matter. I want to share the standpoint of the agnostic in my work, which is to illustrate the mysterious nature of death from an acceptance of unknowing. Um, It's to speculate on soul in flesh by showing my guess at that relationship or at least an imaginative perspective of that relationship. Uh, Really the the concept of soul for me is always like a hopeful longing. That's why I, I pair the hopeful with the reality of skeptical thought in my work. So I wanted to create a symbol representing the moment of death when the soul leaves the human body. Um, As my work usually focuses on themes of death. So the stylized bird is a symbol of soul and the arrow is that which pierces the mortal veil. Um, So the soul and the arrow are like this symbiotic vehicle from this plane to the next. I think we live in a culture that wants to be monolithic. Um, And we think 
freedom has to be one thing in all times at all places for everyone and just as we have a rainbow of colors and one flower can be red and one flower can be blue and the red doesn't overshadow the blue or the yellow or the orange or the white um, so too we can have all these different experiences of what it means to be alive and that freedom can be there within a world in which there's always non-freedom there can also and and oppression um, limitation there can also be the vibrancy of freedom in and of itself